Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey called life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be, specifically, holy men. Hey there, men. Uh, We made it. It's episode 40. So this will be the last episode for this semester. I'm not sure what next semester is going to look like yet, so stay tuned. But what a great journey. Great conversations in our life groups. Uh, We've looked at so many different men from the Old Testament, and they have certainly taught us a thing or two. And uh, But truthfully, we barely scratched the surface, the surface for, because there's so many other men and women from those stories uh, throughout the scriptures that can help us on our journey of becoming holy men. So I encourage you, uh, just because I'm stopping for a bit, don't you stop. You know, like we talked about last week, like with Josiah, keep falling in love with God's word. Keep in it. If you ever get bored, try something new, maybe a reading plan on the YouVersion app or text me. I'll give you some ideas, but don't stop just change it up. We need to do whatever we can to keep our eyes and our hearts focused upon Jesus. And it's very, it's so important that, you know, the last guy that we're going to look at today from the Old Testament will help us to get that understanding that we got to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. And so this guy that we're going to be talking about today, he might throw you for a loop a little bit. Uh, If you don't know much about him, uh, and I'll be honest with you, this is one of the ones that one of you guys suggested to me, so don't blame it on me for digging into this guy's story. Uh, It's a doozy. Uh, The guy we're looking at today takes us back to looking at one of the prophets of the Old Testament. He's kind of like Elijah and Elisha, but a little different with his story. This is a guy that has a story that's crazy and possibly more powerful and convicting than what Elijah and Elisha shared. Uh, We're going to be talking about the prophet named Hosea today. He has his own little book named after him. It's about 14 chapters, so you could read through it in one sitting if you wanted to. And a fun thing for today is I'm going to change things up in a big way today compared to the other episodes of this semester. I have a guest with me today. Uh, Just when I saw who I was talking about with Hosea, just hearing about what just happened here recently with uh, at New Life, I just thought this was appropriate. It was a great opportunity. So who's with me today? Well, it is certainly the prettiest person at New Life, in the world, yes, it is my wife, Karen, joining me on the podcast today. Welcome, honey. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, my pretty wife. It's nice having her in the room. So, honey, we're talking about Hosea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you like that story, I guess, because here's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've heard about you in ministry here recently. Uh, you had a... Uh, a retreat here lately with some ladies just a couple weeks ago, correct? Mm -hmm. How many ladies were with you? 
62 ladies. 62 ladies. That's a lot of energy, women energy in the room. I can imagine there was a lot of fun things happened. But as we talk about Hosea, I want to get right to it here because mm-hmm. I heard the rumor mill was going mm-hmm. as the ladies all came back. They were started talking to me about you shared on your last talk on Sunday of your retreat. Uh, you shared a little bit about Hosea, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you actually kind of called the ladies something in your talk that made the room go silent. And I didn't know you could make a room of ladies like that go silent. So honey, tell, tell the guys out there and any of the other ladies that are listening, Mm -hmm. what it was that you said to them uh, in regards to Hosea that made the room go quiet. Well, I told them that they're a bunch of sluts. (laughs) Term of endearment. Yes, it was um, not where I intended to go with our Sunday morning worship. Okay, well, good. <laughs> On uh, last Sunday, but um, I spent a while in prayer. I felt like God was calling me to spend some time with Him that morning before I spoke to the group. And um, our retreat was about rest. Rest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you called them slots. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, Guys, are, do I have you at the edge of your seat now to find out more <laughs> what Jose is about? Okay, honey. Well, you know, we're going to get into that. Mm-hmm. in just a few moments of why and what this story of Hosea is about. So guys, I hope we have you intrigued. <laughs> My way, There's a good reason, and I know what the story of Hosea is about. So it made perfect sense to me when I heard it, but for her to just simply call the ladies a bunch of sluts, let me just say, from what I heard from the, the ladies, it was a powerful word, but it was very silent for a while because the ladies, some of them didn't know about the story of Hosea, so they were taken aback. Yeah, and some who did. I talked to a couple later and they said, well, when you said that, I was not sure where you were going, but, and they said, but then you brought it back around. (laughs) Well, the story of Hosea uh, is a powerful word where God calls Hosea to do something that it's crazy. Let me just say that. Let me just start off here. We're going to be, I'm going to jump in real quick in the the book of uh, Hosea here and just get us into it. And then we'll talk more about where my wife went and why. Uh, Chapter one, verse one, the word of the Lord that came to Hosea, son of Beri, during the reigns of Uzziah and Jotham and Ahaz and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and during the reign of Jeroboam, son of Jotham. Jehoash, king of Israel. So Hosea lived and ministered during a bunch of kings' tenures. He saw a lot and he said a lot. And it's during that time period of all those different kings where God calls him to live a certain life over that length of time. And so what does he call him to do? Verse two, get this, guys, pay attention. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, go marry a promiscuous woman, (coughs) which that's one translation of it, but it actually means prostitute or slut. Go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her for like an adulterous wife, this land or this body of people is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. And so Hosea married Gomer, 
daughter of Deblaine, and she conceived and bore him a son. So Gomer was a prostitute. She was a, a slutty woman. So guys, that's where Karen got it from. So she was sharing the word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Honey, did, so did you have to share a little bit of that story, the background of it and everything as you got into it with the ladies? Yeah, so um, I felt like leading up to this retreat, God kept taking me back to the book of Hosea. And I thought, this is just so weird, God. Why, why do you want me to keep reading this book. And I read it over and over and over the first uh, six or so chapters, just kept reading them over and over and trying to figure out why, why. And uh, in chapter six, there's a verse about rest. And Mm. I thought, well, maybe this is what, you know, this is why I'm supposed to be looking at this. Um, Again, the retreat, the theme was about rest, helping ladies to learn how to rest in God. Yeah. Right. Right. And just, yeah, just, teaching us about rest and how God created our bodies and our need for rest. And so I just, I thought this was just so odd, but okay, there's this verse, you know, in chapter six, and we'll maybe try and end end on that note. But um, that morning, I felt like God just kept saying to me, um, you all (laughs) have been prostituting yourselves. And that's what, you know, that's what, he says here to Hosea in verse two, you know, go marry this prostitute. This will illustrate how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. So basically the imagery as we see here, uh, if I understand correctly, it's Hosea is the picture of God mm-hmm. in the relationship. And then Gomer, the prostitute is that's the people that's us. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's the relationship, right. honey. That's a crazy illustrate. I mean, let me ask mm-hmm. you this. If you're Hosea, mm-hmm. and, and if God asked you to go out and marry a prostitute man, mm-hmm. you didn't, by the way. I no. wasn't. No, thank you. <laughs> but to think about how do we think Hosea felt about this thought process of going out? I mean, this was not a woman. This is not like Gomer. This wasn't her previous life. Mm-hmm. She was. Right. She was in the act of prostituting herself right. uh, whenever he went out. And and can you imagine that whole, just the people even in the community, they all knew mm-hmm. who she was. Why are you marrying this woman? Yeah. Right. Now, I can't understand it. And, you know, the, the closest thing that I think I can even begin to comprehend slightly is the women that I've walked through whose husbands have cheated on them, mm. you know, okay. and one, you know, one woman, they cheated with one woman, not a prostitute who's sleeping, you know, with multiple different people. But, you know, it, I, I can only, I can see the look on the faces of these women that I've worked with and yeah. the betrayal and the pain and the questions this brings up about why would he be unfaithful? Why am I not good enough? Mm, sure. Why doesn't he love me? What am I doing wrong? Um, all of that. And I just, I can't, I cannot imagine, you know, how Hosea must have felt when God said, this is the task that I'm putting before you is you need to go and marry someone who's going to be completely and utterly unfaithful to you. And then, and the other piece of that is, as you're just talking about that, think about this for a second. In this community, 
Hosea knew the men mm-hmm. that she had been with. Mm-hmm. He probably hung out with some of them. And so it wasn't just that he was marrying this woman who was unfaithful. It was unfaithful with things that he knew, people he knew, and just the depth of pain. But yet that's God. When we are that person, when we are, as you called us, the sluts, when we prostitute, give ourselves to other things. uh, Yeah. And that's a hard concept, I think us to understand because you know if i'm saying right now to your listeners you are a prostitute yeah m- most of us are going to say no i'm not what are you talking about? correct like you don't know me you you know um and you know i said to the women at the retreat like let's just look at the nation of israel and their history right yeah. we when we read the old testament at least i do i'm pretty judgmental about the the Israelite nation, right? I think over and over, you guys messed up over and over. God gave you a chance and you kept going and chasing after other things, Mm -hmm. which is what this is talking about. They kept chasing after other loves. They kept chasing after other gods, about other ways of doing life, Um, you know, intermarrying with other people and then following their ways of doing life instead of following the way that God had set before them. And so I read that and I think they're just idiots. But then <laughs> this is where God, you know, steps us back and says, take, take a moment. Yep. You need to self-analyze here. Introspect a little bit. And am I first in your life or are there other things that you turn to? And so, of course, in the instance of this retreat and we're talking about rest, I'm asking the ladies to look at where else are you turning to for comfort? Where else are you looking for rest? Where else are you going when you're hurting, when you're tired, when you're weary? Who do you go to? What do you run to? You know, and so some people it's food, some people it's social media, some people it's friends or shopping, or (laughs) there's so many other things that we use that are illegitimate loves that are our other lovers. And we don't want to say I am prostituting myself. And yet we are, we're looking to other things. And for the men that we're talking to, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, guys, we have some of those same types of things, but for some of you dudes out there, we've talked about this. It's video games. Mm -hmm. It's our bank accounts. Mm -hmm. It's our trucks. It's our Alcohol. alcohol. Absolutely. Hunting, fishing, other kinds of sports, guys, you know, fantasy footballs, mm-hmm. the list goes on. And doesn't mean that all those things are bad. Mm-hmm. Not at all. I mean, God created a lot of these things. They're good. Right. But when they become our idol, when they become uh, replacement level for God, mm-hmm. that's when they get in the way. That's what we run to first. Correct. Yeah. If, yeah. God correct. made us for relationship. He, he created us to be in relationship with each other, but sometimes we run to people before we go to God. Right. And, and I think the people of Israel in that time period, they were doing the token worship of God. Mm-hmm. So they were still going to church on Sunday mornings, mm-hmm. or I guess it was Saturday there. They were doing their church thing, but man, it wasn't first. Right. It was the leftovers. God got their leftovers because right. everything else was, they were, it was taking their hearts first. Right. Yep. And so because of that, let me, I just want to talk through, honey, I'm not sure how much you got into this in the retreat, but I, I want to share with the guys here in chapter one, it talks through a little bit of some of the kids uh, that 
the Homer or Gomer and Hosea had in the names in the names. Right. Well, and when we say Gomer and Hosea, yes, most of these were fathered by men other than Hosea. Well, sure. <laughs> yeah. But the names, they, the family names that Hosea was asked to give these, mm-hmm. God had a reason for these names. And honey, I don't know why you didn't choose any of these names for our kids. <laughs> they're terrible. Yes. Well, <laughs> verse four, it says, then the Lord said to Hosea, call your first son Jezreel, because I will soon punish the house of Jehu for the massacre at Jezreel, and I will put an end to the kingdom of Israel. So the, na- the name of the first child shares God's message that there are consequences for our sin. Mm-hmm. When we're involved in sin, there are consequences. We, we hurt ourselves mm-hmm. when we walk away from God. The next one that says, Gomer conceived again and gave birth to a daughter. Ah, then the Lord said to Hosea, call her lo Rahama, which means not loved. <laughs> Can you imagine We're if we girl. would have called Kalena, know, right? our first li- little girl? We're going to call you not loved. not loved. For and because this is why, for I will no longer show love to Israel that I should at all forgive them. So God is basically saying, I'm going to let you go because that's what you're wanting. That's what you're showing me. It's not that God doesn't love. You know, confer- I don't want anybody getting worried out there saying, wait a second, God doesn't love us. No, he loves us, but we walk away from that love. That's what the people of Israel were doing. It's what happens when we walk away. When we put other things first, we miss out on being close to that love. That's always available. You know, Paul says in Romans, nothing will separate us from love. Well, unless we take, we're, ourselves, out of we the take situation. ourselves out of it there. Well, and think about that. Gomer could have stayed at home and been loved by her husband. She chose to run away from his love and into the arms of other quote unquote lovers. Yeah. So that's chapter three. Uh, the guys you're going to read about, if you get in the life group, we're going to, you're going to read chapter three. Chapter three is only like about five verses, but man, it's some powerful verses because Gomer does that. Mm-hmm. She, she has this home. She has this place where she is loved, where she's cared for, where she has children and she walks away. Mm-hmm. She's distracted and she allows herself to fall into the arms of other idols, other things, other men who aren't loving to her. Let me just read real quick here. There's one more name. After she had weaned Lo Rahama, Gomer had another son. And the Lord said, call him Lo Ami, which means you're not my people for you are not my people. And I'm not your God because you've walked away from me again. So basically, it's kind of like the prodigal son story here. Uh, You know, the son didn't want the son or the father didn't want the son to walk away, but he allows him to. And the son goes off and does stupid stuff. He chooses to put other things first, even though being with the father would have been so much better. So, honey, let me ask you then. And, you know, what was, what was the message then that you shared with these ladies that we can share with the guys as well to really help them understand what it is when we're walking away, what that looks like? Mm-hmm. I did not share this with the women, but right now, the thing that comes to mind first is John chapter 10 and the sheep in the sheepfold and the fact that the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy and we have to recognize that these other lovers are sent 
To kill us. To kill us. They're sent by Satan, who is the enemy of our soul. And, um, you know, that is his purpose. His purpose is to distract us. It is to get us to jump over that fence, stupid sheep, you know, to like Mm -hmm. run away from where we're safe and go out to where he can just purely annihilate us. And that is, that is his purpose, steal, kill and destroy. And we can talk about that another day, but those Greek words get more and more intense and literally he is bent on our destruction. Yeah. So, um, and so that's the imagery have, of being away from the shepherd, right. which Hosea in the Hosea story, is the he's the shepherd. Right. He's the one that we should want to be close to. Right. So we have to recognize that there's a lot at stake here, right? This isn't just a sweet story of come home to your husband. This is a story of come home to your husband or perish. You know, and when I say husband, I'm saying Jesus, we're the bride of Christ, but we have to be true to him. So where I went with this or where I believe God took us on this journey was we looked into James chapter four, verse four, that says you adulterers, Ouch. right? It's the same thing. It's it calling is. them a prostitute again. You adulterers, don't you recognize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? Those are some harsh words. And that's what, again, we need to recognize that when we chase after these things of the world, not only do we have an enemy that's trying to lure us away so he can destroy us, but we're making ourselves, we're setting ourselves up as God's enemies because basically we're taking, we're choosing sides, right? We're picking a team Mm. and we're choosing the enemy's team. So we, by aligning ourselves with the world, by chasing after these other loves, we have chosen our team and we're saying, God, I know what you offer there in the sheepfold. I know what you offer me in my home, in my legitimate home, but I'm choosing to go be on the other team right Mm. now. And, and we don't like to think about that. And we don't like to think about this as such a harsh line of demarcation, right? We like to think about God being a God of grace. And we will get there in a moment. Yes, we will. But, but we first need to recognize that, you know, in the, in the book of Matthew, Jesus says that there's going to be a day when we're going to stand before him. And he says, many will say, Lord, Lord. And I will say, depart from me. I didn't know you. And you'll say, oh, but didn't we prophesy in your name? And didn't we do all of these things in your name? And I'll say, I didn't know you. Jesus will say, I didn't know you. And so we need to recognize that our choice to give our heart to another lover is the choice to say, Jesus, I don't want you to be Lord of my life. And someday we're going to stand in front of him and say, Lord, Lord. And he's going to say, those words mean nothing because you didn't live as if I was your Lord. Going back to that James passage, it's that that whole enemy Mm -hmm. word. Yeah. I mean, that it because you think about what enemy means. We understand this. An enemy mm-hmm. is somebody who's on the other side. Against and we're against. We're fighting mm-hmm. with the enemy. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's what our actions are when we chase after these other things and allow them to become first in our lives. Right. We're turning our backs on God and saying, you are my enemy. And these are harsh words. You know, this is hard to stomach. And I can imagine right now you're listening to this and thinking, oh, no, Karen. I am not God's enemy. Yeah. Oh no, Karen. I love God. I go, I, to, church I go to church. I serve on the host team. I life group. Right. I do this. I do that. And that's what the Matthew passage is saying. Yeah, I never knew you because yes, you paid me lip service. Yes, you showed up, but you did not choose to make me Lord. You didn't choose me to make me the master of your life. You let these other things dominate you and master you. 
And that's what we're doing. And it is a choice. And by giving ourselves to another lover, we're choosing to let that master us. And for those, I mean, you guys are men and I know like you don't like to be mastered by things, right? Like you like to be the master, <laughs> well, yes. right? Right. Yeah. So, so we like to be in control. It's just something to consider. I think is that by not choosing to allow God to be our master, we are making something else our master, whether it is ourself, whether it is our desires or whether it is ultimately the world. And <laughs> With that, mm -hmm. the consequences we face that you think about going back to the Homer or I, I keep, Gomer. I keep, I keep <laughs> combining them. Gomer and Hosea. Gomer and Hosea. <laughs> mm -hmm. You think about that story again. And so here's Hosea longing to have the, the perfect family, longing to have a wife that loves him, that is there for him, that is there making a great home with kids and, and just having that blessed life. Mm -hmm. But his wife has left him. He's the better place to be, mm -hmm. but she has chosen. She has turned her back and she has walked away and she has chosen this other life, allowing these other things to be a master. And so she has made him the enemy. Mm -hmm. Here's the, the other thing that we need to hear. Cause that's number one. Mm -hmm. We need to hear this message deeply mm -hmm. that that's us. Right. We need to see that in this story, Gomer is us, not just the Israelites. It's us. Mm -hmm. When we make those choices to walk away from God and allow these other things to be our masters, right. to and be if the idols. You jump into, if you look up that James passage, mm -hmm. chapter four, and you keep looking, it says we need to weep for our transgressions. Like we need to recognize our sinfulness and be sorrowful for it. Because Gomer, you broke Hosea's heart. Right. And so we should, we need to weep about that, that we broke God's heart. Mm -hmm. But and I will tell you, being that it was a ladies retreat, there were many tears. There were many tears. <laughs> yes. We wept. So guys, I mean, we mom, wept. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mom, mom. Karen's not asking <laughs> you to weep because we men don't weep. And I get that. <laughs> But your heart can weep. <laughs> yes. Here's the cool thing though. If hopefully when we're willing to turn back to God, if Gomer is willing to come back into Hosea's life, mm -hmm. Hosea is willing to take her. And because mm -hmm. God says, this is what you need to do because that's what I would do. Because you think about if the, if we look at the word enemy, mm -hmm. what does Jesus teach us? That if we're going to walk in the ways of God, in the ways of Christ, we need to love mm -hmm. our enemies because that's what God shows us. Mm -hmm. And here he does. At the end of chapter one, God says this. He says, yet the Israelites will be like the sand on the seashore, which cannot be measured. These are the, the Israelites that had been an enemy to him, to walk away from him, that prostituted themselves. God says, the Israelites will be like sand in the seashore, which cannot be measured or counted. So they're still going to be his people. In the place where it was said to them, you are not my people, they will be called the children of the living God. God shows, and he shows this throughout all the book of Hosea. He shares, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to be, have fine consequences if for your prostitution. But oh, by the way, you're still my people. And partway down through chapter two, we see that where he says, yep. I'm going to go woo her back. I'm going to woo her. I will win her back once again. Yeah. And he does in chapter three. That's what right. we're going to see. 
He does. He goes out and he says, you're still my wife. Come home. You know, and I, I think to a woman whose husband has cheated on her, and I'm just saying this because I work with women, so I know it it works both both directions. Absolutely. But so often the initial response is divorce. Yeah. Like, I'm out of here. You cheated on me. You hurt me. You broke my heart. I'm out of here. And that is not the response that we see from God. The response is insane to our human brains. That's right. Right? Because he's saying, you Christians, you have gone out and you have prostituted yourselves again and again. You have chased after other things. You've let other things become more important to you than I am. You've followed other paths. You've forged your own way instead of going my way. And yet I still love you and I still want you to come back. And coming back is still the better place. Because Absolutely. if 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 we're leading with grace and mercy and forgiveness and love like God does, it's still the best place. So we come back to God. God shares the grace. But we need to allow ourselves to single-mindedly chase after God. It's the better place. That's what Hosea shows us, that being in a right relationship with God is always the better place. We know that, guys. <laughs> we just do. It's not just in the story that we see this. When we are in that place with God, when we are loving God and loving others in a way that God would have us do that, it's just the better place. That's the blessed life. And prostituting ourselves when we walk away, when these other things become more important, again, even though they're good, they're fun, but if they are the lords of our lives, if they're guiding and leading us and we're missing out on that relationship with God, it's not the better. Life is going to hurt. So guys, <laughs> what does Hosea teach us? You see? Uh, we're, we're all guys. We're not, it's not just the ladies on the retreat. We're all prostitutes. I'm telling you that guys, we all are, including myself. I have those things in my life that distract me. We should be single-minded towards God, but we are not. We chase after other idols. But at the same time, if we are willing to turn, to repent, it's a changing of the mind. If we're willing to recognize and realize that being back with God is better, God is there, full of grace. That's what our last weekend that uh, we just, you know, Karen and I are doing this the week after Easter. That's what that weekend reminded us. The cross is there. Grace is there. Love is there. But a price was paid for it. Right. And that, that's the story, too. It really that's is. That's the story, too. Gomer is Hosea's wife, and he has to go buy her back from her pimp. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he goes and he buys her back. He has to pay the price. He pays for her to come back and says, come to my house, but you've got to stop your ways. And that is such a beautiful illustration exactly of what Easter is. Jesus bought us back. He brought us back into right relationship with his father. He was willing to pay that price for us. But the message to us is you've got to stop prostituting yourselves. You can't be purchased out of the whorehouse and then go back and live there. And that's the hard part of this yeah. is that we have to repent. And repent means go the other direction. We can't go back. We can't keep 
living in the whorehouse once we've been bought out of it. Because truthfully, you know, God is a God of grace, but man, it makes it cheap grace. Mm-hmm. We are cheapening God's grace when we come in on a Sunday morning, enjoy a little communion. I'm so sorry, God. Yeah, and worship him a little bit, give him his, his token, and then we chase back after the world. God's heart is broken with that. To turn, to be there with God, to receive that grace and then love him, stay focused upon him. Number one, it's a loving act towards God who paid our price for us and it's the better life. It's the holy life. It's the life of walking into the presence of God. If you like heaven, the thoughts of heaven, it's heaven on earth. Yeah. Guys, that's a little bit of Hosea for you. Thank you, wife of mine. I appreciate you being with me today. Uh, guys, hopefully she uh, blessed you with some of these words. She is, uh, yeah. She's fun to be with. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe I'll have uh, you on a men's retreat sometime so you can call the men something nasty. <laughs> Guys, it is great being with you. What a great semester we've had walking uh, with God and learning from all these godly men and someone that were not overly godly as they teach us, show us how to walk as a holy man on this journey of faith. Guys, I'll hopefully see you again down the line here. Talk to you again with the Holy Man podcast. But for now, I invite you to keep walking, keep journeying, trying to become more and more of a holy man by the power of the Holy Spirit. See you guys. Have a great day.